SAFM. SAFM. South Africa's news and information leader. Do get ready for 11 days of amazing. SAFM will be there. Mariette, run, take two. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations. Yes, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, so amazing. I think not just for, for Cape Town, but for South Africa to, you know, to be in the running for this award. Um, last year's winner um, was Visit Sweden. Mm. And it's, it's, it's always sweeter when we, when we get to, um, to beat Australia. So Cape Town came out tops in terms of the Global Travel and Leisure Smithy Award, which recognizes best use of social social media mm-hmm. in terms of tourism. And the runner-up um, was Tourism Australia. So we're very proud of of the performance of, of Cape Town in terms of this award. And, and it's really, really nice, very significant in terms of... Um, you know, where tourism marketing and, and the use of social media is going at the moment. Mm. Obviously, this involves a lot of planning and a lot of creativity. When you got the brief, how did you set, uh, got about going to claim this prize? Well, we actually never got a brief or we were never really, you know, this is probably, Travel and Leisure is, is quite an award to win because it's actually voted by an independent panel and by readers. Mm. So you actually don't even put yourself forward as a potential candidate. Um, it really is judged upon independently on performance. And so therefore it really is is one of the most prestigious awards to win in certainly in tourism and in hospitality. So it came as a surprise to us. Um, I think we you know we never even set out to doing the kind of work that we do in terms of digital marketing to win awards. But really to win over more ambassadors and fans for Cape Town. Mm. And in, you know, indirectly, we are also winning awards. It's not the first award we've won. We, um, we've been recognized as under the top um, 13 most connected tourism boards in the world, Africa's most connected tourism board. And, um, and we were also included in a white paper on best practice globally in terms of the use of, um, of, of blogging in terms of tourism. And last year at the World Travel Market in London. So it really is an acknowledgement of a lot of hard work. A lot of people think, you know, you take to social media um, like a fish to water and it's easy. It is hard work. It's consistency. It's really um, making sure that you become that trusted voice. And as a tourism board, you know, we don't normally play in that space, you know. Mm. Um, tourism boards are often seen as the people who are paid to market destinations, you know. So the authenticity of voice belongs to independent travelers, to media, um, you know, and to, to um, travel bloggers, not often to tourism boards. So it's very important for a tourism board to embrace other voices. And that's exactly at the heart of our strategies, to use citizens, to use um, other travelers, to use travel bloggers and media to tell Cape Town's unique stories. And I think that really is what the world is recognizing in terms of this award. To me, it sounds to me like it, it, it's a kind of encouragement and a booster to say, keep doing what you're doing better than the last time. You never know what could happen. Absolutely. I mean, we really have just started on this journey and, and how it started for us was in the run-up to the World Cup, we realized that, you know, we had such a minuscule marketing budget in comparison to our competitors, even nationally, mm. um, that we needed to do something different. And we set out to build a big virtual fan park for Cape Town, not just a physical fan park. And of course, yes. you, know, you know, that during that time, it was all about fan parks and stadia. 
Um, so today, Cape Town Tourism's Facebook fan page is one of the biggest in the world in terms of destinations. We have close to 300,000 um, fans on our Facebook fan page, lots of interaction and engagement. Um, we're very active on Twitter, um, and we use a lot of international travel bloggers and, and media to, to tell stories with. And then in um, September last year, um, we launched the, uh, one of the first partnerships with Facebook, um, you know, ever done with it by Tourism Board, where we did a virtual game mm. with Facebook, um, when we invited visitors, um, would-be visitors, to send their Facebook profiles on holiday in Cape Town. And really quite a fun thing, you know, that we played on the fact that, you know, we all work, our Facebook fan, our Facebook um, profiles are working so hard, so they're deserving of a holiday. And we've seen so many people actually physically booking holidays after they had sent their, their Facebook profile to Cape Town. In fact, the winner of the, um, of the game won a trip, a expensive trip to South Africa, and she loved playing the game so much that she had already booked a trip. So she's coming to Cape Town twice in one year. Wow. Now, the, the, if I sent uh, my, my Facebook profile to Cape Town, um, do you choose the areas of you think I could be interested in that could uh, actually get me to book? Yes. Well, so we obviously, you know, how we profile visitors and really looking at kind of tailor-made options, you know, that's where social media platforms are getting quite clever. Mm. So um, it's very, very important not to do kind of a... Um, you know, one size fits all approach in terms of social media. And that's why it takes so much time and it is so much hard work. You really have to tailor make your messages and speak to people individually as opposed to a mass market approach. So, you know, with the Facebook game, for instance, we allowed people to really custom make their itineraries and that allowed us again to learn a lot about the profile of would be um, visitors to our destination. So we have built quite a powerful customer relationship marketing tool at the back end of the game and so the game hasn't stopped there. We can we are now communicating with, with the thousands of people who actually play this game to make sure that we actually physically entice them to, to do come on a holiday to Cape Town. And of course we will have round two hopefully soon in terms of the game and just build upon um, the platform laid and the and you know just take cognizance of the lessons we've learned and mm. Perhaps simplify it a little bit more, make it even more fun and more engaging than before. And we're very active now also on Instagram and Pinterest. So I think there's just so many platforms in terms of social media. Um, and you've got to tailor make it. You've got to look at what appeals to different markets. We are mm. all different as human beings. And I think tourism boards these days can no longer afford to just do a singular message that we just shoot out there and hope um, you know, it works. We really have to take a, like a lot of effort to reach um, you know, individual customers in a, in a very special way. I get the feeling that South Africans are planning a holiday in Cape Town towards the end of the year had better book now, otherwise they're going to be outsold by uh, our overseas visitors. Absolutely. In fact, you know, what, just while we're on this topic, we've just recently launched our Love Cape Town City Break Winter Campaign, which is a fantastic opportunity for South Africans to grab uh, a fantastic weekend um, to Cape Town at an amazing um, price. I mean, for as little as 899 rand for a drive-in package or just more than 3,000 rand, you can come to Cape Town for an all-expenses-paid weekend. Um, so go and have a look on our website. The, the campaign is live. It's also being advertised in um, the Johannesburg papers and, and um, 
check it out on the street poles in Joburg, um, and you can come in from either Johannesburg, Durban, or PE um, in terms of the flight um, deals that we've got with Thompson. So really, really nice opportunity to come to Cape Town this time of the year. Weather is a bit chilly, but there's beautiful days in between, lots of great events mm. um, on at the moment. So if you're into fashion or into um, you know, the creative scene or into food, um, culture, there's a lot happening in the Mother City and you know, it, we don't just have beaches on offer, there's a lot more to Cape Town than meets the eye. I'm thinking PE, Durban, could learn a thing or two from you? Absolutely. We work in a great partnership with other cities. We initiated the city partnership just after the World Cup to really use the fact that um, so many people around the world you know, sat up during the World Cup and realized that South Africa has a lot more going for it than its amazing wildlife. Mm. We actually have thriving urban centers, you know, that are great places to live, good places to work, um, good places to study. So we are really um, making sure we use the, the wave in terms of urban tourism globally. Urban tourism now is the biggest chunk in terms of world tourism. 80% of world travelers are defined as urban travelers, people that travel to cities. Mm, um, mm. And of course they visit the surrounding areas and they go on a safari, etc. But I think we have such an opportunity to showcase our incredible energetic cities in South Africa, cities in terms of Africa, some of the world's most vibrant places to, um, to come and visit. So I send my Facebook profile to you. You guys take me on the trip. You look at uh, what I've got in my profile and you could have a few suggestions for me. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and in any case, I think if you, you, you touch base with us either on one of our social media platforms or directly via email or telephone, I promise you we will, we will tailor make a fantastic um, travel option um, for you and, and whoever wants to come to Cape Town. And there's some great deals going on, particularly if you're traveling with families and with children. Um, you know, for instance, our, our Cableway company, um, you know, you can go up Table Mountain, you know, children under the age of 18, you know, go free, two kids, you know, for every paying adult. Um, there's lots and lots of special deals on Kirsten Bosch, celebrated 100 um, year birthday this year, this year, so there's lots of uh, special winter specials on at the moment. So if you want to escape Joburg um, or one of the other cities, you know, in the next, for the, for the holiday at the moment, come down and, and I promise you there's a lot on offer. Well, I'm sold. Good. I'm sold. Award-winning. Welcoming you. The award-winning city of Cape Town, obviously the Travel and Leisure Smitty Awards, the social media in travel and tourism, uh, in the category of best overall use of social media, and uh, the Convention and uh, Visitors Bureau Global. That's how Cape Town rolls. You guys are stars, and hopefully we'll have uh, a lot more South Africans first, and then everybody else can follow. Absolutely. I think our domestic travellers are always welcome first and we look forward to seeing a lot more domestic visitors in our city. So the website is www.mycapetownholiday.com That's it. Or just visit Cape Town Tourism at www.capetown.travel and you can link through to wherever you want to go from that main portal. Capetown.travel That's it. Easy as that. Fantastic. Well, madam. Well done. Keep up the good work. We like Great it. Great to you. Yeah, keep up the good work. When I land in Cape Town, I'll look for you. Absolutely. You're welcome. If you take me to the mountain in Camps Bay as a start, we sort it. Then we can do the wine route. 
Good. Good. No, there's some amazing wine being produced at the moment. And, of course, some of our wineries have have some of the world's best restaurants and best fireplaces. So even on a chilly day, there's lots to do in Cape Town. That's why it's so popular. That's why it's so famous. Mariette, many thanks and uh, very well done. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Absolutely. The CEO of Cape Town Tourism, Marietta Detroit Hamble, talking to us about the fantastic award that Cape Town has has won. Uh, Don't forget uh, Cape Town Travel or MyCapeTownHoliday.com for more information. Send your your profile there. You never know. You might just win a few prizes. And also, you can travel in Cape Town. And obviously, many of us haven't really traveled around the country because of this, that, and the other. Uh, but uh, if you use social media, they're working positively and helping a lot of people. You could really find yourself having a jolly good time, South African style. 25, 24 minutes past nine. Let's uh, say good evening to a man who knows a lot about uh, restaurants. He knows what to tell you, and he's going to tell us where he is. Edward, good evening. How are you doing, Mandla? I'm very well, thanks. And you, how's the Friday night treating you? The Friday night you treat me just well. Just well. Fabulous stuff. Where are you and where do you suggest we go this weekend? I am, oh, sadly enough, I'm stuck in four ways this weekend. But <laughs> I can recommend two places where people need to go when they've got a weekend free to themselves. The first place would be the Cradle of Humankind in Marapen. Have you ever been there, by the way? It's the, by the Cradle of Humankind. It's a museum. I, I need to spend more time there. I was there for a short time. I was grumpy when I left. I need to get there early, spend the whole day. <laughs> Actually, I was grumpy when I left as well because when we went to Marapen, we went to the Tumulus restaurant, and unfortunately, I can't say anything great about the restaurant. But... Um, well, I will say something bad about the restaurant. I just find like a lot of these destinations that you go to, they don't expect repeat business. Their service is often put on the slow side. We had to call the manager every time we wanted to place a drink order, a menu, to get serviettes, to place a meal order, to get the bill to pay a tip. It was just like the cheapest restaurant in my opinion, the credit of humankind is like really atrocious. And I think they need to jack their service up a bit there. But we were spending the weekend at Valley Lodge and Spa, and they, actually, they're a four-star restaurant, but I would call them a five-star um, destination that people need to go to. Really awesome. The most important thing that I remember about the Valley Lodge and Spa is the solitude, just complete silence. All you hear is the sound of, I don't want to sound cliched, but all you hear is the sound of a babbling brook and complete silence of nature. Um which is very cliche. But anyhow, their food is really awesome. Can I tell you about it? Please do. Okay. When we went there, I really actually just wanted to take like a weekend retreat away from Johannesburg. And they are literally an hour's drive back. It feels like you've driven to a whole new country, a completely different place and time. But we're talking about their food. Their food is really awesome. When I was there, they definitely was awesome. It was like so light. It's refreshing and tasty. And normally butternut soup is very heavy, rich, and creamy. Their butternut soup actually taught me a lesson in terms of how to make butternut soup, which is personal note for myself. Use more stock, less cream. 
that very gorgeous seafood entree. It's that salmon snook tart accompanied by green salads. I don't know what else they had. They had lots of other things, but I focused on the seafood because I really enjoy my seafood. The one thing that stuck out for me was a grilled cucumber entree, mm. which was, and sad, Yana, sounds very impressive, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The last time I had Unfortunately, to... the grilled cucumber entree is actually very simple. It's a slice of cucumber topped with some onion, tomato, and cheese and grilled. And the reason why that it impressed me so much was because it's something everybody can do at home that nobody would have thought of. And I just tried it as a something to amuse myself with. And I can honestly promise you that grilled cucumber entree impressed me beyond limits. Least of all because I can actually make it myself and all of our listeners can make it themselves as well. Very easy, very whimsical, and very impressive. The two dishes, and you know, whenever I go to, it was a buffet meal at their restaurant, and whenever I go to buffet, I have to taste a little bit of everything. The two things that I really enjoyed that stood out for me, and I've got like a realm of dishes that'll appeal to everybody from a vegetarian to a seafood lover to a meat lover to a chicken lover. But what I chose was the chicken breast, which was served in a cream and mushroom sauce. So succulent and tender, I just couldn't believe it. But if I was really hungry, I would have gone for a second helping. And I also tried the lamb curry, which I found was very, that sounds odd. It was very mildly spiced, but richly flavored. And I don't know which of our listeners don't enjoy hot curries, because I'm one of them. I don't enjoy a hot curry. But this was like so mild, but very rich. It was like overwhelmingly ecstatic for me. Mm. Um, wasn't hot, but very tasty. And there's been a wide selection of desserts, but what I really enjoyed, and I went very traditional here, was I chose the cheesecake, and because I'm a glutton, I had some of the marble pudding. The cheesecake <laughs> is really light and fluffy, but then marble pudding, in contrast, and you can go back for seconds if you want to, and trust me, I did. Their marble pudding was so rich and heavy and luxuriant, and they served with the hot custard. It was, like, really creamy. So, for me, I just thought they won my heart on both parts. I've got bad news, unfortunately. Oi. Oi. Can, can I tell you? Quickly. There was, a, <laughs> there was a small mistake. Somebody was having a birthday party, and Fatty Lodge delivered their birthday cake to our room. And half of me was prepared to just, like, take that chocolate cake so it looked really gorgeous. And then the other half of me said, just be honest and tell them it's not your birthday. Anyhow, cut a long story short, it turned out it belonged to somebody else's room. So they took the chocolate cake away to somebody else. But what I really loved about Fatty Lodge is that they brought us a complimentary bottle of champagne, which was really unexpected but very, very well appreciated. And I just thought, you know what? We could have kept the cake and they would have hated us the next morning, but we were <laughs> honest and they reward us. So there's a lesson for our listeners. Honesty is always the best policy. I would rather have a bottle of champagne than a chocolate cake delivered to my room. So this was really awesome. And I found something interesting. I mean, this is a four-star country hotel. And I think Mara, uh, where is it now? Mahalisburg. Yeah. And I yeah. found very interesting. Mahalisburg, there are three pharmacies within walking distance. So, Kiei Pharmaceuticals are very popular in Mahalisburg, but 
very large, it's only a, well, not saying only, but the very large is a four-star country hotel, but I honestly think they deserve a five-star recommendation based on their food and their service. And I tell you, I tell you. I tell you, Ed, you got the best job in business. If you want to swap jobs anytime soon, Solo's got my number. Please don't patronize me. I, I promise you. you. I would swap jobs with you tomorrow, trust me. Let's, let, let's do it on Monday. Come and eat all this food and I'll come and talk the talk. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> Ed, many thanks. I'm and with you. Can I ask you one more thing? Yes. If your listeners want to follow me on Facebook, Edward Chamberlain Bell, one word on Facebook, I've got a very pleasant surprise, and also for yourself, Mandler. So I hope you join me. I will. I will indeed. Enjoy your evening. I'll try and behave, but I I don't promise. I wouldn't expect anything less than the best from you. Trust me. (laughs) Many thanks, Edward. Have a fabulous weekend. You too. Cheers. Our food guru, Edward Shamblin Bell. One word on Facebook, you'll find all the surprises he's got for you. Time for our African Information Series uh, with uh, the legendary Eskim Pashele. Gather Africans. Come together, Africans. Let's listen to another African affirmation inspired by the life and work of Professor Skiam Patele. Real education is a glorious revelation of the wonders of learning when we relate it to living. Learning and living flow into each other. This African affirmation is taken from an article that Eskam Pasele wrote for his regular column in Tribute magazine. The article is an adaptation of his graduation speech to the Bloemfontein campus of Vista University in 1997. At the time, the education system in South Africa was being adapted to cater for a post-apartheid society as envisioned by the new constitution of 1996. In his examination of what true educational transformation in South Africa should achieve, Eskam Pashele makes a distinction between schooling on the one hand and education on the other. In this article, Mpashele, the educationist, argues that when we speak of schooling, we refer to the process of going through school. We go through it by stages up to the highest class available or else drop out along the way. Education, on the other hand, is a process of development through learning inside or outside school. Something more profound happens within the learner when education is happening, something more than the mere mechanical act of attending school from day to day. Teacher and learner become regularly involved with each other, feeding on each other's experience and knowledge. It is a humanistic act, which means the interests of the individual in relation to the community are the uppermost concern. This understanding of education as a process of development through learning can be linked to Mpachele's call for integrated studies in which curriculum content is relevant to a learner's immediate environment. 
It is a criticism of many African education systems that they do not sufficiently motivate and equip learners to readily identify and develop homegrown solutions that benefit local communities. It is widely acknowledged by those in and outside the South African education system that instead of preparing children for adult life and a path of self-fulfillment in service to one's community, it seems the education curriculum is designed for mass production and standardization. Eskian Pashele proposes that real education is a glorious revelation of the wonders of learning when we relate it to living and that ideally learning and living should be integrated for the betterment of our communities and broader society. To continue this conversation and share your thoughts, find the Eskia Institute on Facebook. Listen to this and other episodes of African Affirmations by registering on our website www.eskia.org.za or follow us on Twitter at Eskia Institute. Join us again every weekday at this time for another African Affirmation inspired by the life and work of Professor Eskia Mpachele and brought to you by the Eskia Institute. Twenty-four minutes uh, to ten on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's time to say bonsoir to Monsieur Georges Leroy. He's going to talk to us about the Fête de la Musique. Uh, I forgot now. Fête de la Musique, exactly. Fête de la Musique. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Bonsoir, Monsieur. Bonsoir. Ça va. Ça va très bien. Merci. Mm. Et vous? Très bien. Très bien. Merci. Uh, nice to have you. This is a fabulous concept. Indeed. It started in France. It has become a global festival. Precisely. It's something which is worldwide and every city in the world can adapt it to its own specificity. Mm -hmm. The idea is that everyone or many people, one and on two, play some instrument yes. and that they should go outside and play together. And it started with amateurs and professionals going outside yes. in Paris on the 21st of, of June. And then it spread, and every city uh, does it its way. And I was glad to see that our colleagues from Melville uh, took last year the Fête de la Musique. And yes. it was very funny. Very funny? Yes, people just <laughs> strolled, and uh, you had m musicians everywhere, yeah. families, elderly people, young people. I, I found it really amazing to see how Joburg had uh, adapted the Fête de la Musique. The idea behind it, is, is, is this to, to, to create better relations with, with, with other people in the global space? Yes, globally, yes, to, to be together in the streets, to, to, to talk to one, to one another, uh, it's... it's it's yes, just to have fun and, and to, to be peacefully together. Mm, mm. Mm. Because I, I know with the, the French presence in South Africa is to also share a bit about French culture and gain friends as well and get people to really understand what uh, the French are all about. Exactly. That's, that's the role of the Alliance. The, the, the Fête de la Musique is something quite different. It's just mm. the pleasure of being together. The Alliance Française is more about teaching French but also having good cultural relations with uh, the host city or, or the host country mm -hmm. and to know each other better that's, that's the, the goal of the alliance indeed now 
in every country, do you always have someone from France who comes to share the history of, of, of uh, the festival and also get people interested? No, it, it really depends if we have the touch with, uh, with a, a city, with people in the city who yeah. say, oh, that would be fun to have that Fedla music together. And then it's not so, something specifically French. In Melville, you'll see next week, it's mainly South African artists who are playing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Happens every year this time? Every year on the 21st of June. Mm. We, did, we are not doing that uh, this year. In, uh, we doing it on the on 29th uh, because we have colleagues in, in Pretoria who organized the, the feast as well uh, on, on the 21st. So we have to, to manage both uh, sensibilities. Mm. But globally, that means end of June. In the Northern Hemisphere, it's the longest day of the year. Here is the shortest day of the year. But the, the idea is to be together. So obviously, you you demarcate a place like Melville. You could be Sixth Avenue. There could be something going on there. Third mm. Avenue, something going on there as well. Actually, it's the seven uh, streets which will be closed, mm. open to public. It was actually last year, and we had uh, almost uh, five thousand people coming and stroll between, say, twelve o'clock till eight at night. Mm. Uh, some bands playing in the street, uh, young people dancing. Uh, even very young people, children dancing, I found it very funny. So this year, since last year was a success, this year not only 7th uh, Street is going to be closed, but also 4th Avenue. Yes. So it will be a crossing, and, and we hope to host more people. But globally, the, 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 the Melville Resident Association is the force behind that. We just gave the idea, and together with our uh, friends from the French Institute mm -hmm. and with uh, Councillor Amanda Forsyth, we, we tried to organize something which th the people of Joburg could appreciate. How, how do you go about uh, you know, putting together the performers? Well, we choose different styles. We have the Mahotela Queens, to represent the old generation, yes. and we, we have also Dibu kids, young kids coming. Yes. So it shows that it's every style. You would have rock, you would have jazz, you would have just singers coming uh, there. You would have people from fr uh, Francophone Africa as well, mm -hmm. to, to show that uh, French is not something for France, but for the Francophonie world, uh, especially in Africa, where mm -hmm. you have many mm -hmm. Francophone countries. I, I see that has also generated a lot of interest in the language itself. I hope so, yes. Uh, especially as African, it's interesting to have some knowledge of French if you want to communicate. Uh, we see that communication problems are, are major in the world. And uh, mm. I wouldn't say you should speak fluently all the languages, but just enough to break the ice and to start a, a deep conversation. That, that's good. Ask for a cup of tea or something like that. Yes. Then you are on the way. And as, as it is dubbed, spontaneity, accessibility and curiosity. This is what you're aiming at. You Three right words, indeed. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, it's just yes, talking to each other. Mm. 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 30 years of doing this and every year you get new countries adopting this. Yes, I think uh, some hundred countries in the world have adopted that. Mm. Uh, everyone is with its own feelings, but that's, that's how it should be. Mm. It's not a French exported thing, it's just, it comes from, from the city. That's a fabulous mm. idea, mm. I mean, just to have people enjoying different kinds of music mm. and walking up and down the streets, mm. with, you know, mm. open air performances as, as it were. Uh, yes. Fantastic mm. stuff. So this year we've got Melville, we've got Pretoria, are those the only places? Um, PE started. 
the, the Fedler music. Actually, the, the guys of Richmond in PE started it, yeah. and since it was success, it spread to Joburg and then to Pretoria. Durban? So far, I know they had other um, festivals, other uh, public meetings. I don't know what they organized this, this year specifically. Mm. But why not? I mean, the weather is very nice there. It's, it's, it's time to have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And the lineup today, I mean, this year, who are we looking at? Uh, we have many different groups um, Stone Age Souls, Jacqueline Muse, Laurent Coq, the French jazzman, Bongeziwe Mabandla, who oh, won yeah. the, the second prize of the RFI uh, competition last year. Oh, Radio France International. Yeah, precisely. Ah. He, he was he was famous, and, and, and we, we, we are glad he, he was he, com- he was in the th- final three competitions. Mm. Fantastic stuff. I see the muffins as well. Indeed, yes. Yeah, young guys who have mm. bust into the scene, and uh, <laughs> they've got everybody's attention. And the same groups will be performing even in PE and so forth. No, no, no. It's uh, the, the guys in PE are other guys. It's they, they only um, Stone Age Souls and Jack and the Muse go from one city to the others. All right. Elsewhere, it's local people, uh, South Africans mainly, mm-hmm. sometimes from other countries, to show that it's not that it's an open open feast to to anyone. So if, if, if uh, cities want to, to host this, they would get in touch with you and you would give them a theme as to how you organize it or you just le- leave it to them? We can tell them how we have organized that in some places, but then it's up to, up to them to, to, to organize them how they want it. Mm. Every, I would say every area has its own history, its own habits, and uh, we, we adapt, we cope with that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this is also a way of getting people to talk about the areas where they are. Because I'm thinking, mm. if I go to PE, I would want to know what, what mm. is popular in PE, who does what, where and how. Mm. Yes, that's, that's the idea, indeed, to, 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 to see what's, what's happening, where, where are the, the, the creative people, what do they try to, to communicate. Mm-hmm. Mm. So for more information, where does one go? Well, I would say to the Alliance Française, there is one here in Johannesburg, in, in Parkview, yeah. but there is another one in PE, in Pretoria, in Durban, Cape Town. Yeah. And we have 14 in the country, to show that uh, many people are interested in, in French culture, in Francophone culture as well, in, yes, in the country. Yes. Mm. I remember there was, uh, was it last year, the French... French Seasons? French season, yes, mm. yes. And you know that... Today, it's the, this year, it's the African, South African season in, in, France. in France. I was there for the inauguration of the Mandela exhibition in Tom, Paris Town Hall. It was a fantastic success. And uh, people from the Apartheid Museum tell me that they have 1,000 visitors a day, which will mean at the end of the, at the, end of the exhibition, something like 300,000 uh, people having visited the, the Mandela exhibition which a reproduction in iron of Mandela's cell, mm, mm. 2.4 meter on 2.1 meter. And that's just on, on in front of the townhouse. And people can come in and realize how the man and his colleagues have, have been through for so many years. Mm, and that mm. impresses people very, very deeply. Fantastic stuff. Mm. I mean, I, I enjoyed mm. the, the, the French season in South Africa. Mm. And when it mm. wrapped up in Durban, everybody was talking about it. The, the final was in Durban with, yes, the, with yes. the Angels, yes, it yes, was fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> well, monsieur, merci beaucoup. Thank you for coming through. Obviously, alias France, uh, alliance.org.za for more information. Exactly. So, are you going to be in Melville? Sure. I'll see you there.
Definitely. With pleasure. Avec grand plaisir. C'est un plaisir, monsieur. Merci. There you go. I, I must go back and learn, eh? Those? I tell you. Monsieur George, George, how, how do you say his name? George. 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 George Leroy. Laurie. Ah, sorry. George no, no, Laurie. Director of Alliance Francais uh, of Johannesburg and General Delegate for the Network for Alliance Francais in South Africa. Obviously, if you want to learn French as well, they offer lessons. You can go there. They've got teachers. They've got a fantastic library. And I tell you, three months down the line, you'll love yourself. 13 minutes to nine.
Nine minutes set to ten on South Africa's news and information leader rushing in and rushing out to taxman from <laughs> uh, Lucky Dube. Um, in a few moments' time, we'll tell you what's uh, happening in Durban uh, with Ella Thompson. But for now, let's take you to Wazulina Dali. No, yeah? Nosin Dissom, Tim Kulu, Senior Project Leader for the Memory, Arts and Culture Project at the Just Institute for Justice and Reconciliation. She is also the coordinator of the concert which will be underway and has worked closely with the youth throughout uh, uh, last year. They've got a beautiful concert called Follow the Beat Youth Concert. As you know, it's Youth Month. Sis Nosin Dissom, good evening. Hello, good manager. How are you? I'm cool, man. How are you? I'm following your beat, my sister. What's going on <laughs> okay. in Brazil and Natal? Well, um, we are hosting this concert tomorrow. I've been working in Bahia since um, 2012 July mm-hmm. with um, young people, teaching them how to make indigenous instruments and how to play them. Hmm. So tomorrow is just the culmination of the whole project and they're showcasing what they've, been, what they've learned and, yeah. Some guest artists. I'm told that these are youngsters who either were not able to further their studies, don't have jobs, and yes. were just idling, and you find a unique way to get them engaged and to teach them something. That, yes, that is true. We have learners, we have actually people from age 16 to 35. Mm-hmm. We have a few school going, like four or five school going kids, and then the rest are out of school and they're just sitting at home. Mm. So it, yeah, it is. It, it's cool to be able to teach them the skill of making the instruments, and also just talking about the importance of the indigenous instruments and, and their social value. Hmm. You know. How easy has it been? I mean, you know, to keep a youngster who's got <coughs> all the bright ideas, who's got so much energy, to keep them focused at creating this and seeing it uh, to the end, while there is no income. I've been very lucky. Because the people I'm working with are very interested in what we're doing. Mm. So we've had challenges because, you know, like I said, they're unemployed. So some of them have gotten jobs in the meantime, so they have to drop out of the project. But the majority of them are still here. I mean, we started with 24, we're ending up with 18 at the end. And they've been very interested. And for them, um, also because we're teaching indigenous musical instruments from um, different countries in Africa. And they're learning not just about Zulu instruments, they're learning about Tosa, about instruments from Mozambique, from Malawi, you know, from, from Uganda. So for them, it's been a life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously, you had volunteers, I'm thinking, now to teach how to play these instruments because many of the people, I'm thinking, didn't have a musical idea. Yeah, no, um, most of the, well, I did most of the facilitation, but also we've invited uh, people from the community, like Brother Clement Sutole, um, is, a, is a, a Catholic brother who was also a lecturer at um, UKZN Howard College who teaches so we invite the elders and the communities to come and also teach. Yes. And it also, you know, it brings back that respect of the elders that they do actually know a lot about indigenous cultures and indigenous knowledge. So we bring them to come and teach the learners and some of the things I teach them myself. Also, the fear that I mean, you're talking about Tumakoyana. There's a fear that some of these instruments are not played as much in the make in the creation of music today, and therefore their appreciation is under threat. That is so true. I mean. Like, really, I mean, um, I'm working with Zulu kids in front of head, but when you bring Umakwea, and some of them don't even know what you're talking about. Mm, because mm. they've never seen it. So for them to actually learn about their culture, and like, um, maybe I should call it relearning about their culture, yeah. it's, quite, it's quite, yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting um, thing. And also, just to promote indigenous instruments, to show them that they are as much as important as Western instruments, because people think if you are a musician, you must play a guitar or a violin or a piano. 
There's nothing wrong with playing that, but if you play Makoyana, also you are as much as important as the next person plays the guitar. Has this, in a way, helped uh, um, keep young people interested in history because this has been a worry? Yes, um, well, um, in the topics that we cover, we do oral history also. And we talk, like I said, we cover um, we talk about the narrative of the instruments and where they come from, who used to play them, why is it that now nobody plays it, and why is it not traditionally because an instrument played by women, why is it played by men now, and you know, and things like that. But, and also we ask them to go and research in their communities to find out what, what is there or who knows what in their communities. So it, it has actually revived the history, you mm. know, for them. I like yeah. that. So, well, Sismos and so many thanks. Keep up the good work tomorrow, Saturday, the 22nd of June, at the Oxford Lodge in Frahead. Effili, the 2 o'clock. Be there and have a whole lot of fun and meet youngsters who have found a new lease on life. Many thanks, Sissy. A fabulous weekend to you. Thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you. Sisma Cindy Sada working with the youngsters. It's time to find out from Ila Thompson. Well, Zagalani, Banana, Jibbit.